Welcome to Together We Rise, the podcast. I'm Maxine, your host, spiritual guide, healer, and intuitive. This is a place for deep interdimensional dives, unpacking our world systems, paradigms, and what it is that we each can be doing to start recreating them. Each episode, I'll be joined by changemakers from an array of backgrounds, ranging from holistic wellness to activism to human rights equality, medical freedom, spiritual teachers, conscious business, and everything in between. Because they all have one common intention, and that is to actualize humanity's potential to thrive. Today's guest is the beautiful Jennifer Barham Floriani. She is the best-selling author of Well-Adjusted Babies, the co-founder of Well-Adjusted, and Vitality Organic Allied Health. A professional speaker with decades worth of chiropractic experience, specializing in raising robust, healthy, balanced children. She also happens to be a mum of four, incredible boys, and a very dear friend of mine. 2020 has seen her step into the arena of speaking truth and advocating for our health freedom in a whole new way. And I'm super pumped to be able to get into this conversation. So let's dive in. So today's guest is a little bit of a special one. I mean, I enjoy interviewing all of my guests, but this one feels a little bit closer to the heart than normal. The beautiful Jennifer Floriani, or Barham Floriani. She and I met, I have tried to work this out before, seven years ago, at the, at the local gym that I was working at. And um, I don't know, I was just like, oh, who's that lady? And I didn't, I didn't know why, but I was really attracted to you. And I was like, oh to the guy that owned the gym. I'm like, do you know who that is? And he's like, yeah, that's Jennifer. And then the next time you came in, I started speaking to you. And, you know, there are a lot of, and I said this to you before we started, there are a lot of people that may be familiar with you now because of the unfoldings of 2020. But you've been doing what you've been doing for a long time in various ways. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, I guess, start there. And then we can see where this takes us. Yeah, exactly. See where, where it weaves. Um, yes, I do remember that now, thinking back all those years ago. And I think that's, um, you know, you just have an affinity or you're drawn to people who are looking for ways to, you know, build their growth game and, and be learning and speaking their truth. So, um, we've had seven years on and off doing that together, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I guess, uh, for those who are new to, you know, finding me this year, and it has been a year of finding people really, and um, I think it's one of the things that's getting us through this year. Um, and so I guess this year I've really stepped up in using my voice because um, I just felt that there were so many things that didn't make sense for me. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like I'm an advocate for families. Um, and... So if I give you, you know, a bit of a, a snapshot of what's happened, um, I'm a chiropractor by trade and I've done a lot in paediatrics and nutrition and I've had five very, very different births and pregnancies. And from a young age, I wanted to be a chiropractor and I wanted to be an author. And as it turns out, you know, God always has this amazing plan. And so I... When, when our first baby was really little, I just felt like he was spending more time with my sister, which was fine, you know, beautiful, beautiful opportunity there. But I just felt like I was trying to do too much, running a business, seeing patients. And innately, I really wanted to be with him first and foremost, and I wanted an opportunity to write. And so I got creative and I decided, well, I'm going to step aside from the practice for a period. I'm going to renovate our house. So, you know, you can always get creative in finding ways to sustain yourself financially when you're driven by your purpose. And so um, that was kind of the start of it all. And so I always felt like part of my calling was to take my clinical knowledge as a practitioner and what I would see And then the research that I would read and distill that down and then just combine it with common sense parenting information. And so Well-Adjusted Babies is really this whole combination of information for preconception and pregnancy, early parenting. And um, that was the goal and the intention with that. And so I guess um, 
you know, from a very young age, I was blessed. I was kind of like a poster child for personal development. I was taken along by my parents to lots of chiropractic seminars or personal development seminars. And when you do that, which you know very well, you get to a point where you have to clarify your values. And so I was, you know, from a young age thinking about what was my blueprint? Why was I here? What is my purpose in this lifetime? And I just felt that I wanted to put these products out into the world that really weighed up the pros and cons of all the decisions we make as parents or before conceiving and explain the fine print, help people understand not only what's involved with that decision, but how does it accumulate with other decisions and potentially compromise a child's health down the line, short-term, long-term, that sort of thing. And so because I had that um, notion from a young age of always living by my values and, and purpose-led, I there were so many times where my life it felt like it paused and... It was defined by the questions I was asking. So, A, stepping away from the practice to write, I had a lot of people saying to me, oh, you know, how can you give up practice? You've studied all those years. And I just felt like it was a values call. And then I wrote the book and we went to publishers and they said, yes, we love it, but it's written 10, 15 years ahead of its time. You'll have to change, you know, the vaccination chapter or you'll have to change this chapter. And again, it was a values call. And my husband and I said, well, no, because then it'll be like every other pregnancy book out there. And we, you know, scrimped and scraped and and did what we needed to do to do a first print run. And my point is that I think when you decide that it's about your values rather than just being significant, Mm -hmm. rather than trying to manufacture something or market something, promote some individual thing to have significance for a point in time, it can be short-lived and sometimes you might feel like it it takes from you in some way. When you live by your values and your purpose, it's certainly not always glamorous, but what you have at the end of the day is you know you're doing your absolute best to live what you feel is your unique contribution to the world. And you're using your gifts versus just strengths. You know, we all have strengths, but gifts is different. Gifts makes you put your balls and your sack and everything on the line because you know that that's you. Mm -hmm. And I think the universe conspires to support that. So, you know, my point is we had five very, very different pregnancies and births and all of that I talked about in the book and we didn't have a PR team. I didn't have a marketer. We had nothing. And the book has sold, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies. And I really believe that that's because it just, you know, there was an energy around it. And so for everyone listening, I think that, you know, that that's a common thread with this year where if you can draw a line in the sand on who you are and what you bring to the world, even when it's scary and it feels like you're being persecuted or, you know, um, shamed and all of those things, you just have a, a knowing within you that you're putting everything on the table and this is who you are. And I think 2020 has been a confirmation of that for everyone. So that's kind of the background where the book has done amazingly well while I've been, you know, doing these other things and traveling and there's no praise without reprimand you know even though I've gotten to adjust and met amazing people all over the world and had this you know in some ways great life and then when I was home I was with all the boys and at the same time in the background there's always reprimand and it's about how do we step through that so I've had 10 years on and off of legal battles with our regulator who regulates health practitioners And for those of you who don't know, that's meant, you know, where they have had issues with my vaccination chapter or they've had issues with something that I've said and there's this to and fro with lawyers and it's exhausting Mm -hmm. and it costs a lot of money, you know, just to finish that story because it might um, help somebody who's experiencing similar this year in that um, 
the last few years, as you know, you know, I, I, I guess I shut down before 2020. The last, the three years prior to that, I thought I would best serve my profession and do those things if I stopped using my voice and I just played the good girl because the regulations had changed and we weren't allowed to talk about certain topics, which we've seen this year in 2020 just magnified. And so I did that. And then, as you know, when you compromise your integrity or your uh, your purpose, your passion, your gifts, all of those things, my body started to tell me this is not okay. You know, you're shutting down your life force and you're losing that connection and I realized that I was I I was compromising my connection with source or with God versus, you know, speaking my truth because I was trying to live by their rules. And I think that's a lesson for everyone this year because we think, oh, I won't say that because, you know, she's a nurse, she might disagree with me, or I won't say that because, you know, they're this kind of person and, and we step away from conflict or challenges. And yet for me, it's been the best thing. They, um, because of everything I was posting on social media this year, the regulators decided that that was against their narrative, that I shouldn't be talking about those things. They decided they wanted to suspend me. And I just said, I'm done. And I handed in my license because it was more important for me to speak my truth and try and preserve families than it was to try and continue to live by rules that, have a third party influence and it's not I don't believe it's serving our community it's you know we really this year more than anything we have to ask with these decisions who's gaining who's gaining financially from these directives from these mandates and and dig deep with that you know because there's layers behind the government as well yeah absolutely and it's we can't continue to just be the yes sir community like that's just what just like yes sir like yes ma'am like just the just the yesing without questioning and I mean you've grown up in a an environment where questioning was encouraged and I personally have as well like you know much to my parents detriment I was always you know giving them headaches at school and stuff because I would always speak out if I didn't agree with something even if it was adults but it's you know for you too it's like that's always been in you and for a lot of people they've been taught to suppress their voice and to actually not exercise that and it can be really challenging when you can feel it inside of you and I mean what you just spoke to in terms of what happened to your health the body and our lives reflect it to us and we're out of alignment things happen in a way that force us to either look at it or we get put on our asses <laughs> and then we then we have to decide but it's within when you were speaking then it was like I really love to hear some of your insights around the level of surrender that's needed when you also get faced with that challenge because it's there's so much that you've put into this body of work and this version of your level of service and then it's like okay well you've got to be able to I guess make peace with letting that part go and stepping into a new level of service and you know a new evolution of your work and another thing that probably people are experiencing at various levels yeah Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, for me, it was stepping away from, yes, how I'd been trained professionally and my title and, and those things. But it was far more compelling to know that I could speak my truth and step outside these boundaries that somebody else had set for me. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't a decision I made overnight. So I'm not going to try and sell people on, oh, you know, just rush into it. It, um, there were a lot of hard questions I had to ask, but ultimately it's always come back to me living a purpose led life. And I know that now that I have let that go and I feel like, you know, God or source was sort of nudging me along the way. And I had to lean into that. I really did have to listen to my body that was physically also telling me that I was compromising my health and I had to do things differently. And that was a lesson in and of itself because both you and I are so committed to our health. You know, we eat super clean, we exercise, you know, we're onto our mental health. 
but a part of mental health is also chronic stress. And so we can use all these tools, but if it's there all the time, then that cortisol can eat away at your gut, you know, wall and create autoimmune stuff. And so it was a real lesson for me to take what I'd learned as a child with goal setting and there's times where I feel like I was really immature with my personal development and spirituality. It's like I'd set a shopping list, you know, okay, I'm going to do this by this age, I'll do this, and and like this whole checklist, you know, and manifesting is amazing and great. And then sometimes when you're in situations like I was where you feel out of balance with your body and your environment and your purpose, you then realise you can't force things to happen. You can't try and do things around this way and and because you, you start creating your own resistance because it's not within integrity, it's not congruent to your values. And now that I have surrendered, it feels like I I hand over every day and I ask to let my best work unfold and you know, whether that's in a conversation like this or if it's with my writing and I feel like my creative tap has just come back mm-hmm. and that's really my gift in being able to create um, products that support families and help, you know, parents know how to create a health framework for their child because it's even more prevalent now. You know, on one level, there's all these metrics for how our kids are compromised just with the toxic world we live in these days. You know, if we look around at the statistics on how they're struggling from neurodevelopmental disorders to asthma and allergies and depression, all the metrics there are there and we have to change things. We have to be asking those questions of what's going on. And at the same time, like we've been talking about this year, what is also really apparent to me is part of our parenting role, I believe, is to also encourage that intestinal fortitude in our children, which comes from ourselves, to ask questions, to be bold enough to use their voice, even when it might be, you know, slightly inappropriate, but to ask those questions because you and I both know that there's a perverse agenda rolling out this year and it may not get to fruition, you know, things may alter that course and that'll be amazing. But we have to take the blinkers off and realise that this global reset is about control and it's about shutting down our voices and our choices. And, you know, the masks and the social distancing, it's to separate us from each other, to separate us from our humanity. The whole one currency, one religion, one government, it's its all about control, keep everyone down. And we've been controlled and manipulated for a long time and now this is just another level. So, you know, part of my realisation this year is to have all of those conversations with parents so that we preserve our children's physical health, their mental health, and just their mojo, you know, just their ability to to shine and to have conversations in their generation because, you know, in their generation, as we know, a lot of them, you know, be it chemicals in our environment and, and food and all of those things, but sometimes... You know, a lot of these teenagers I look at and it's, there's there's no one there. It's mm-hmm. all about that significance on a screen versus who are you? You know, why are you here? Show me how amazing you are. Yeah, and it's this uh, self-responsibility for every age group because it's we've got to teach them that and, you know, this is specific to parents, but I also feel as anyone that has anything to do with young adults, we all have a responsibility to them. They're our future generations. They are our future. And it's if we aren't doing ourselves justice, they also model that. So it's they see from watching how we participate in the world around us. And it's, again, society as a whole, like what have we started to value and what are the things that we are consistently giving our attention and our energy to? And it is just social media or, you know, accolades and external validators. And there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. But when they become our sole driver for living life, 
that becomes where we create that disharmony and that's where we don't tap into our essence and our presence and I feel personally in part that's part of the whole game because people are easy to control it. You know when we're when we're so consumed with comparing ourselves living up to the you know the the values of other people and we're on a screen and it's all of those things we disconnect from ourselves and therefore we are easier to control because we're not in tune with our guidance and and any of it. No, absolutely. And when you were speaking to about parents and, you know, the next generation, you also spoke a little bit about we're not taught necessarily to think about our own health before we conceive or before we even start families. It's like, oh, it just happens. And then, you know, if you're compromised yourself, then you're already kind of making it. What you've seen in practice too, I guess, will be able to shed a lot of light on this and where it's asking me to go now is actually straight into the vaccination side of things because this is something that you've been speaking to and about for a really long time and that's been in part why they've wanted to silence you. But why is it so important that we're aware of what we're putting in our bodies personally ourselves if we're, you know, preconception, but also when we're looking at children and exposing them to these toxins and chemicals and things that we get told are okay and are safe and are actually going to be the things that keep our children safe? So if I, firstly, I'll answer that from that preconception side. So because it's not something we necessarily think about. We've been conditioned to think that, well, I have to get my all my health checks done before I conceive. And there's been a lot of conditioning in and around what does health look like? you know, and it's far from what health is really about. Most people judge their health by how they look and if they're skinny enough, um, you know, if they're not too fat, they judge it by um, how they feel. So if they don't have um, high blood pressure or if they don't have headaches and those things, then they must be fine. And so what we know with health is that symptoms are often the last sign to show up. And it's far more about how your body is functioning than how you look or how you feel. We we all know people who, you know, are incredibly fit, who might be runners and they drop dead of a heart attack. And so it's not about how you look. It's not about how you feel. It's how is your body functioning? Because that person could be incredibly stressed and yet doing everything else right. So we, we've lost our way in getting in tune with our body. You know, we eat a certain way. We might eat vegan because that's what all our girlfriends do. And yet we're anemic, we're, you know, um, just so lethargic. We feel like we're anxious all the time. There's, you know, mental health issues and all of those things. And I'm not saying that a vegan diet isn't great for some people, but when we just lean one way because we think that's what we should do versus being in tune with our body and thinking, is this diet serving me? So, you know, most females have no idea about their period and whether what they're experiencing is normal or not. You know, whether they've got a short cycle or a long cycle and is pain here normal? All of those things that I discuss on my, you know, on my website and in products. But then we don't know what our bowels should really be like. We don't know what quality sleep is like. All of those things. And so a big part of preconception is more about going back to getting to know your body and in tune with your body than necessarily ticking off your dental checks and all of those things. And the point being, which is my my biggest take home, is we need to look down the line. And so many of our kids, like we said, are really compromised. So as just one example, if we look at kids who are autistic or on the spectrum, there's a lot of factors that combine for that situation. But one of them is that they're really, really depleted in what's called glutathione. And glutathione is an antioxidant. We all have it. And as we get older, it decreases, but it decreases more with toxins in our lifetime. So partying and, you know, medications and poor diet and all of those things. So the levels of our glutathione drop. And with age, when we look at autistic children, they are very, very low in glutathione typically. And glutathione promotes brain development and it coats the brain, it protects the brain from toxins. 
So whenever a pregnant woman is encouraged to have the flu vaccine or the whooping cough vaccine or to take paracetamol and all of these different drugs for whenever she's got aches and pains but she should have these scheduled injections, every time, even the birth control pill, she's been on the pill for 10 years plus, we're stripping away her levels of glutathione. So let's not make it about her. Let's make it about the fact that her baby's brain is not going to get the full fuel that it needs, the protection that it needs, so that then later on if they decide that they want to vaccinate and they start doing that schedule and then because babies get fevers and they have things happen when they get injections and, and GPs will say, I'll just give them Panadol as well. All of those things continue to deplete the body of glutathione. It's really, really important that that's part of our conversation so that if parents do want to vaccinate, they know all the different things that can contribute to a compromised state for their baby. And that's just one facet. You know, there's about 10 that contribute to autism that I talk about. And I think if a government is not going to compensate parents for vaccine injuries, but they're going to coerce or force them to have vaccines, then we should be having conversations about glutathione. Mm. You know, don't, there are some countries that don't recommend giving babies Panadol at the time of a vaccine. And they have the same schedule, but they don't have the same incidence of autism. So my role is not necessarily to say, you should do it this way, don't do that. It's, it's about piecing the puzzle together for people to see what's compromising kids today which converse, which choices have led to that and what are your options? What might you choose differently? And so preconception, you know, there's far more important things to do like building the body back up and the birth control pill is one thing that depletes the body of a lot of those B vitamins and essential nutrients. And then if you combine that with a vegan diet and those things where you're not getting some of those, you know, those wholehearted, yeah, it's all a part of it. So that's really my role is to help spell it out for people. Um, but if we think about vaccination in general for children, some of the easy, you know, initial things to consider is why are kids today having three or four times the number of vaccines than we did, you know? And there's not, you know, I think one of the greatest tragedies with that whole conversation is there's no transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lack of truth in and around the research and who's paying for the research. How are they compromised with their, um, you know, investments? And that all of that research should be done by someone completely separate with no agenda one way or the other. And the research should be set up strategically. You know, when they do these short trials, there's, there's been no long-term studies or there's a couple coming out now, but very rarely have there ever been any long-term studies of what happens with a vaccine, let alone, you know, the 64 vaccines that kids are meant to get these days. You know? Have there been any studies done on vaccinated children versus non-vaccinated children in terms of health? Yeah, there's one that's just come out in the last week. And what they did was they looked at it from a perspective of then office visits or visits to a GP over the course of, you know, a few years as children were having their scheduled vaccines. So they compared children who were being vaccinated to children who weren't. And the incidence of the number of visits of children going from anything from the flu to asthma to allergies to, um, you know, behavioural things were exponentially higher than children who are not vaccinated. Oh, so, fascinating. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see more of that. But then, you know, too, some people might be listening to this going, well, you know, isn't that the safer thing to do? Mm-hmm. And I what I just really encourage is that if this year has taught us anything, it's to let go of our assumptions that we think we know something about a particular topic. Because, you know, people might think, oh, those anti-vaxxers are uneducated or they're ill-informed, you know. I can guarantee you the people who don't vaccinate us are, in, are well-educated. They are, are demographics of tertiary-educated people. 
And there's just a lot of things to look at with that whole conversation. So if you have any preconceived ideas, well, that's what I should do because that's what I've told is safe and to just dive into it, to start asking bigger questions, talk to people who are knowledgeable about it, ask for resources um, because, you know, not every child reacts to a vaccine and ends up on the spectrum. But if you start talking to parents whose child is autistic, they can pinpoint exactly what's happened with their developmental milestones along the way. They don't have anything to gain by lying about that. Mm. Experts who've come out and turned the corner and now, you know, are no longer doing vaccine development, they have nothing to gain by spreading the truth in regards to these reactions. And so we just need to turn our blinkers off because if it means preserving our children, that's the critical thing. And we have to realise that Big Pharma is a trillion-dollar industry in every country and they don't care about you and I. At the end of the day, it's all about how much money they make and they do it via all of these avenues with GPs who then get paid to vaccinate children and parents don't realise that. Mm. They don't realise that there's often a perverse incentive and so we need to be looking at that. And that doesn't mean that I think every, you know, GP is acting out of integrity, mm. not at all. GPs and, you know, medical specialists have been part of the conditioning too. So, you know, for anyone listening, you can look up um, the Flexner report, the Wilkes case, all of these things where names that we've heard today, families who've been this global elite higher up the food chain have been strategizing for decades. They decided when there was a level playing field between natural medicine, so homeopathy, Chinese medicine, chiropractic, herbal medicine, was on a level playing field with allopathic medicine they created a strategy which is all in the Flexner report where they then condemned natural medicine and created a strategy for them to be you know ridiculed and second-guessed and all of those things they pumped money into certain medical universities other universities that would not accept their donations and steer all of the clinical training towards drug dispensation. So your medical doctors don't know diggly squat about the diet and all of those aspects of health because their training is pharmaceutical-based and sickness-based. And so for them, they're just acting in a way in and around how they've been trained and what they think is best without questioning the fact that there has been this whole strategy for a long time because the same people own Big Pharma. They own the patents on the drugs and if they have an industry that pushes them out there and makes them money while discrediting everyone else, making them look like quacks and freaks, then it works for them. Meanwhile, we take more drugs than we ever have in any time in history before. We have more surgeries and intervention and our kids and adults are sicker than ever before. Mm. And that's a big one. And that is so many people take medication and it's just the masking of a symptom and you know I can speak from my own experience I remember when I um came off the pill and I stopped I really had no pharmaceutical medications that I was taking and my cycles didn't come back and I went to a normal GP and they were questioning me and they're like do you take any medication and I'm like no and I still remember their face looking at me like I was crazy like what do you mean that you're not on any medication and again that was like that my early kind of taste of what is this really all about? Because then their solution was also just put me back on the pill. And I was like, that sounds so weird to me because that means that we're still just, you know, chemically making my body do something that it's actually not really doing. And like you said, it's not that everyone is doing it from a place of malice intent, but it's also they don't have the space to free think. And that is something that we all have to return to doing because within free thinking, there's also a level of returning to intuition and discernment that needs to happen. And when you were saying those things before about parents feeling challenged as to, but this is what they say is safe, it's also we've got to lean into our intuition. And what is it actually telling you? Like, does this feel like it is right for your child? Does it make sense that we've survived for as long as we have 
without having an innate intelligence existing in the body and within the world that we live. And I know that chiropractic speaks a lot to the innate intelligence and maybe that's where we can go next. And then there's one other thing that I really want to touch on with because we spoke about it when we caught up a couple of weeks ago and it stayed with me. So I will get to that. <laughs> can you speak to that a bit more? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to the point of what you're saying that it's just we have to use our intuition and be discerning because some of these industries, like the medical industry, is so pumped up with funding from Big Pharma and making them seem incredibly, you know, um, like they're, they're the only experts available and the only, you know, valid practitioners. And yet you and I know that there are a wide variety of health disciplines from east to west that are centuries old mm. and have had phenomenal results. And so we just have to realise that some of these industries are falsely pumped up and at the same time they have, and 2020 has been a great example of this, I think, again, that the biggest crisis this year is a lack of hope for people because all of a sudden it's like we can't overcome this virus unless we wear a mask unless we quarantine at home we'll never get through this virus and we'll never get back to a new normal or you know a normal until we have a vaccine and people who don't have much of a concept in and around health have lost all hope and they think oh i need these people to get us through this we must obey you know we must do what they say because they're then listening to all the fear porn on TV and all of those things that just keep them in this spin of not being able to critically think. Mm. And so I think that chiropractic and Chinese medicine and a lot of the natural healing arts are really uniquely placed to help lead people through this. And we just need these health practitioners to, you know, stand in their truth because some of them feel conflicted. But if I think about, so innate intelligence is really the capacity that our body has to heal a cut, you know, to grow a baby, to recreate order, to overcome a virus and a disease and all of those things. And innate intelligence in the body is an extension of universal intelligence, which, you know, grows an oak tree from an acorn and, you know, grows you know, from, from a bud, all these, you know, rose bushes and things. And it's just that intelligence we see everywhere. And so chiropractic is very much about honouring that and thinking what is it that's pulled the body out of order where its intelligence is, is struggling. And so an adjustment, for an example, particularly in times like this, is about helping the body move out of that sympathetic, nervous system response of fright flight back into parasympathetic where it's in repair mode it's in digestion it's in good sleep it's in all of those fundamentals that enable us to just connect with ourselves and you know our intuition and think about what do i need in this situation mm. and so there's a lot of merit to natural healthcare disciplines and yes, chiropractic can help people with headaches and back pain, but it's it's so much more than that because the nervous system governs the immune system. And right now we need our immune system to be in balance. And, you know, it, it, it's the key overall computer that governs every function in the body. And so if you have, for example, a child who's got recurrent ear infections or tonsillitis, or if you've got recurrent constipation or headaches, it's about stepping back and asking questions like, well, I've been taking these drugs or I've been doing these things and I don't feel like I'm getting the results I want or I'm getting these side effects. What other options are there? And with something like chiropractic, it's very much about working out where the physical spine is compromising the function of the nervous system in the brain. And then we remove that interference and your body does the healing your body recreates the order and so it's not a band-aid cure like mainstream medicine you know here you've got a headache take a pill here you've got back pain take a pill here you've got you know everything it's just 
people are conditioned to want a short-term fix, but it it typically compromises their long-term health. Yeah, there's, the solution is outside of you, which is so not true. The solution is inside of you. We, we have everything we need within ourselves, and that is, again, reflective of everything that we're experiencing. We feel like we don't have the power to recreate the world that we live in, but it's false. We are all capable of recreating because it is what we're designed to do, and it's like remembering that power is how we, you know, make paradigm shifts and that's where we're moving toward and the thing that stuck with me when we spoke a couple of weeks ago was we were talking about you know want as women wanting to do everything because we can and because you know we've been fighting for our rights and there's been that whole movement around that women need to have an equal seat at the table and raise kids and have a career and do all this stuff and you were like yeah for me that was just like I actually don't want to and I was just like, it's so refreshing to hear that because you also had shared that there was this, you know, version of you that you had in terms of raising children and how it was going to be outsourced and all that sort of thing. And I was laughing in my head because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had that version myself when I was like 22. <laughs> and now I'm like, you know, 28. And I'm like, mm, if I do ever bring children into the world, I don't actually think I would outsource. And I don't actually think that I would want to be doing all of these things externally that we're being encouraged because, you know, the movement of feminism has drawn us there. And not to say that there haven't been amazing leaps and bounds that have come from that, but it's also okay to not. I think, um, yeah, it's we change and evolve. You know, like I said, with being a goal setter, I had all these goals for my career and Prior to children, I was like, well, yeah, I'll have children, but yes, I'll outsource them and um, I'll still be able to tag team and do all of these things. And then, you know, I had our firstborn and after a few months, I was just, I was just so in love and just, you know, your heart opens up in a different way. And I felt like, oh my goodness, you know, this is, this is a big role here. And I just think that Parenting in general and motherhood is really undervalued in our day and age. And I think that if you can open yourself up to being open to different ideas, to think creatively about how you can earn financially, then there's a way to still live by your values and all the other things work out in the background. You know, I mean, my book, has and books have done amazingly well and I think that's because I've sort of been on this values driven life as well. And a book I, that is like an encyclopedia. <laughs> it's not just a book. Just say that everyone if you go out and get it that you're not like this isn't a book. This is like a, literally a Bible. <laughs> I give it to every like all of my girlfriends that have kids. They all get it. <laughs> yeah. And that's because you know when you're pregnant you have so many questions. And it's good to kind of have it all there. But, um, yeah, so I think that, you know, again, it comes back to the fact that sometimes we think we're going to gain significance by pursuing a career that doesn't feed our soul or, you know, staying in a job because they've told us that, you know, they'll give us this amazing pay rise and yet every day when we leave our kids at home, we hate on ourselves. and. It, it just, sometimes I think that, you know, I mean, we're here to, here to live and experience life. And if we ignore those questions that come up for us and just shut them down and do, you know, what we think is, is the right way to do it and compromise ourselves and compromise our health or our children, then it does create conflict for us later on. You know, I just, if I look at my boys, and maybe this is a good example for, you know, people whose kids are really little, and it's, it's, it's a grind parenting. You know, there's days where you're just like, give me an adult to talk to, or, you know, you're tired and all of those things. But, you know, my boys are ranging from 20, 18, 15, and 12 now. And I just, I look at them and I think they really are my greatest gift to the world. And, you know, I'm I'm really proud of the things I've done in my career as well. 
but they are just remarkable humans. And there's four of them to take, to stand on my shoulders and Simon's shoulders, my husband, and go out there and make an impact on the world. And, you know, the conversations I have with them or they'll send me podcasts to listen to or they'll, you know, send me photos of their food and all of that, I just think... I know that that's been a part of my role and I can authentically then remind mums, remind parents of what an amazing gift it is to parents at one and to mould them into these incredible humans and remind them that they're here for a purpose too. You know, how are they going to show up in the world? And even if it takes them a while to find it, it's all about using their gifts and and growing. And so. I just, yeah, I think it's been undervalued. And, again, I think if we live by our values, everything else works out mm. better than we could have planned. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, you embody all of this stuff. I've known you long enough now and I've seen enough of your journey unfold in the last little while. Um, and Simon as well, you've made mention of him a couple of times, but I've got to say he's also played a really big role in my own growth and evolution and my health and well-being and you guys are just incredible and your boys are a testament to that because you know they see you guys showing up every single day even when it's hard even when it's challenging even when you'd like to just go well you know what I'm gonna go live a nice life because (laughs) that would be easier but you've chosen this and this is what you're here for and you keep getting back up and I guess and that's a point too um I think I've shared with you you know when you when you bra- you're brave and your children see that, mm-hmm. in your weakest moment they remind you. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had all that conflict with the book and the regulatory body didn't want me to sell it here and I had a conversation with our eldest and with Simon and I said maybe I'll just take the vaccination chapter out, you know, and i sell the book without it in there. And as an example, you know, but our eldest just turned to me and said you can't do that. He said, if you don't have that conversation with those parents where they can read it, what happens to those children? Mm-hmm. You know? He said, there's there's not enough people talking about this and you can't stop. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're so They call you to action all the time, particularly, you know, when you teach them communication skills or you teach them ways to view the world and and they'll pull you up on it when you fall short you know oh mum that was you know when you said that about that person or you know I saw that you did this or you know when you yelled at me (laughs) (laughs) and great I try and you know tell them a lot so that they do make me accountable you know Mm. I love that and I, again, like for those that are listening that might not have children or might not even be thinking about it, this isn't just relevant for kids. This is relevant for all of our relationships and how we show up in the world at large because it is the communication and embodiment and standing in our truth and living by our values are essential for all of us that are here to bring in a new way. And that's every single person that's listening because you wouldn't have been drawn here. Otherwise, you wouldn't have wanted to listen to this energetically. It wouldn't have resonated for you. And I guess I just wanted to give you an opportunity before we wrap to say anything that you feel is left unsaid or you want to just leave people with. Sure. Um, I just think, like you said, you know, we're all here for a reason at this, you know, point in time and that even with, you know, the rampant censorship and the shutting down of different voices and things this year, if your great your growth game hasn't been strong as yet, you know, you're just starting to question things, then there'll be times where you feel like, oh, this is too much, but you're not alone. You know, I think it's exciting that there's millions and millions of people around the world who are like us, who are questioning and asking great questions and being discerning. And so, you know, stick with it as uncomfortable as it may be at times. The, you know, fate of humanity really relies in us expanding our consciousness, taking action steps, finding other people, and in that way we preserve, you know, our future and humanity. 
And yes, it involves everything to do with this year, but it's about getting back in tune with ourselves, like we talked about, you know, with our health, with our purpose, with the way we communicate. Because yes, we've been conditioned by mainstream media and all of these things on how we think, but we've been conditioned by our parents and how we communicate and, you know, with conflict and all of those things. So I just think, you know, as much as growth is uncomfortable at times, if there's so many pockets and it's so rewarding because, you know, you evolve and then you become who this blueprint is meant to be, you know, with what we were meant to give to the world. So I just think, you know, the less numb we all are, the braver we are to step in there as, you know, Brene Brown says, step in the arena and ignore the people who aren't prepared to do that and find the people who are with you and just, you know, I think we've become a beacon of hope then for other people. Mm, absolutely. I love that. And I feel like it's the perfect way to finish because it just reinstills that notion of you are the change and you have that power and then it's all of us collectively coming together that create the bigger ripples and, you know, it's exciting as much as it is unknown, which I guess life is. <laughs> it's also very exciting and very liberating to know that there are so many of us and that we can create that um, army, I guess, moving forward. And um, I thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And I appreciate everything that you do and Simon does and the two of you together. Uh, I have so much love for you. And yeah, thank you so much. I've loved it and I love you and I enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, best of luck with everything that you're doing. It's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Before we wrapped, I forgot to ask Jen to share where it is that we could find her. So I'm just going to do that now. You can find her on Instagram over at Dr. Jen Barham Floriani. And you can find all things Well Adjusted on the Well Adjusted website, which is just welladjusted.co. I would also encourage you if you do jump over to her social media that you also follow her backup accounts on Parler and some of the other platforms because she is being censored like many of the truth speakers out there. And her book, Well-Adjusted Babies, can be found at most mainstream retail book outlets, but you can also find that on the website. Now, before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here with me and wanting to do your part in recreating the status quo. If you got something out of today's episode, I would love if you could leave me a review and forward this on to anyone that you feel would benefit or even share it on your socials. I just want to close by saying I appreciate you. And until next time, remember that together we truly do rise.